Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Monday, February 6th. This is Elijah Fire episode 174. I hope you guys had an amazing weekend. I did. Had a great time hanging with my wife. Did a whole bunch of nerdy things. It was great. Great conversation. So it was a great weekend for us. Very restful. Uh, so I hope you guys, this was restful and exciting and amazing all in one nice package. Um, so I'm very excited about this week, guys. I, you know, and we're, we're just, we're going to be just going Mach 5 from like day one. I'm really excited. We are going to be doing a new teaching series, which I am announcing right now. I'm not announcing the title because we're still finalizing the title, but it's going to be with Mandy Woodhouse and Costin Woodhouse. And it's starting this Friday. February 10th, which is very exciting. You guys, we've been talking to them about this series for a while. Um, and so they're going to be tag teaming it. Um, and so it's going to be alternating. It's Costin, Mandy, Costin, and then Costin and Mandy. I think I got that right. Illumination, let me know uh, in the comments if I messed that up. But anyways, it's going to be all about um, the Bible and how to apply it to our lives. And it's going to be an all-encompassing thing. Um, and so guys, I'm so excited for this. Um, I think both of them are great Bible teachers They know the word. And so they're going to be talking about an all encompassing application to your life. So it's going to be a series you do not want to miss. Uh, so that's starting this Friday and it's going to go for four consecutive episodes every Friday, starting this Friday on February 10th. So very exciting, but we'll let you guys know the title by, by Friday, <laughs> by doubt. we have like, a bunch of titles. I'm like, we could call it this. We could call it that. Sometimes you just get into that process when you're developing something, you're like, ah, oh, you go back and forth, back and forth. So we'll find the right title. And you'll be like, there it is. There it is. Very exciting. But yes, this Friday. Great. Very exciting. Part one of four starts this Friday. All right. Uh, I've been looking forward to having this guy on Elijah fire for a while, but sometimes the Lord just says, wait, and I've done this enough that you just learn, okay, he says, wait, you say, yes, sir. Um, you don't need to know why. We don't always know why, uh, but obedience is important. And I, I had a dream with this guy and, um, and, and I woke up and I really felt like the Lord was like, okay, ask him now. And I was like, oh, here we go. So I'm very excited to now uh, introduce you guys to the worship pastor of Arise Kingdom Ministries, which is Krista Elisha's ministry. Um, and he uh, has a band called Come Up Here, and they lead the worship for that. And if you've been to any of their events, you might recognize this guy. Uh, but let's give it up for my guest today, Vinny Harris. What's up, man? What's up, Jeff? Welcome to Elijah Fire, my dude. Thank you very much. Yeah. Honored. Honored to be here. Super yeah. humbled and honored to be on the show today. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, I was just excited, dude. Like all weekend, I was like, bro, I'm excited for Monday. So, which is, you don't often say that. Uh, unless it's <laughs> an exciting thing, you know? So in this case, it was exciting. So um, why don't you go ahead? There's a, you know, there's a lot of people who I'm sure do know who you are. Uh, some yeah. of our viewers have recommended you. Um, Krista herself has recommended you to me. Um, but why don't you go ahead and just tell people about yourself. You can jump into your testimony, kind of how you got into all this and we'll just see where it goes. Sounds good. Well, my name is Vinny Harris. I am from Cincinnati, Ohio. 
I am the worship pastor of Arise Kingdom Ministries. Um, I run a prophetic worship ministry under Arise called Come Up Here. Um, started out as a band here in Cincinnati. Uh, the heart behind it was just a few dudes getting together to worship, and the Lord just kind of took hold of it and sent us off on this crazy mission with Him. So it's been really fun and interesting. Um, I'm also a husband um, and a father of five, which is wonderful. Uh, all my kids love to worship together as a family. Uh, a lot of worship that goes on in our house. Um, yeah. Five kids. Five kids, that's, brother. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah, good. Never a dull moment, I'm sure. No, not not yeah. at all. Not at all. Yeah, awesome. Well, how did you do this? Is I I kind of want to. I've had some people recommend, uh, not recommend, mentioned, especially Krista talking privately. She's mentioned little snippets of your testimony, but just kind of glossing over it. So why don't you just tell like how you came to know the Lord and and all that? Yeah. So um, growing up, had a pretty rough childhood. Growing up, um. I was really into drugs and alcohol, mm -hmm. um, had a lot of abuse, uh, family stuff going on. It was pretty messy. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I grew really angry at the Lord as a teenager. Um, I'd always kind of believed in God, mm -hmm. but what, what had happened was, um, I just had some church hurt, um, I went to a, a, a Christian school at one point, and um, I remember just kind of feeling like an outcast. I had a lot of issues in class and, um, yeah, just issues with my teacher and, and in the classroom. And I remember thinking, man, I'm just not like these other kids who I associated with Christians. And I remember thinking, you know, if, if I'm not like them, I'm going to go to hell and God must hate me. So if I'm going to hell anyway, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna rebel and be the worst possible person that I could be. Um, so that kind of sent me into a spiral through my teenage years where um, I was pretty hardcore into drugs and uh, alcohol and um, lots of fighting and women and just all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, yeah, I was a mess. Uh, I was really big into rap and hip hop, which is kind of uh, a part of my story that the Lord has been redeeming hmm. uh, through music, but also rock music and just all, all kinds of music as well. Um, yeah, so the I actually met the Lord in a courthouse to kind of make a long story short. Um, I had a a lot going on. I had agreed to go on a mission trip and um, before I even knew the Lord. And my dad was really encouraging me to follow Jesus at this time. My dad was really encouraging me, but I just wasn't ready. Uh, I had a lot of good things going on for the first time in my life. And um, I realized like one day in a courthouse, I was facing a year in, in jail. Wow. Yeah. And I realized all right, today's the day I, I'm either going to do a year in jail or if for some reason I get free and they let me go, I'm going to 
have to face life again and probably wind up back in a scenario like this. So I kind of came to the conclusion that day that I couldn't do life on my own anymore. Mm. Gave my life to the Lord that day. Wow. I was about 21 years old. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to ask how how much time had passed. So it was, it's at least a, a handful of years for sure. Yeah, it's so. been almost 10 years now. Wow. Come on, man. Wow. So, so were your parents, cause you mentioned that you went to a Christian school, were your parents believers or, you know, you mentioned your dad was, but what was yeah. that? Like? So at the time my dad was, uh, my dad kind of had a rough past. I grew up, my dad was, um, he was hooked on drugs when I was a child. Um, he did a lot of illegal activity out of the house. There was lots of drug dealing going on. I don't want to tell this in the in a way where I can really honor him because you know he's he's my, both of my parents love me um, to the best of their abilities in the environment that we were in. Yeah, but there was a whole lot of stuff. My mom, my parents were separated. My mom had a lot of abusive uh, boyfriends, and I had an abusive stepdad when I was a kid. And um, yeah, pretty much everywhere I went, it was pretty hectic. But they both did the best they could. For my mom, that looked like, you know, putting me around other Christians. And she sent me to uh, uh, a Christian, like, camp when I was in youth. So stuff like that. They were doing their best. Um, but neither one of them were following the Lord themselves growing up. Hmm. My dad started following the Lord when I was about 17 years old. And I saw his life, uh, like, drastically change. So that's kind of what inspired me to be like, okay, I see there's a difference in my dad. Uh, maybe, maybe this can happen for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. You just, you talking about your experience in school and how you're like, I don't look like as any of these kids, you know, I must, God must not love me. And what's interesting about that is just in my own experience being that age um, and not, you know, I didn't, I didn't mess around with drugs or anything like that, but there's still so much uncertainty within kids, you know, especially when they're teenagers and they're like, everything's changing, right? They're, they're, they're getting closer to becoming adults. And so there's that whole thing, your body's changing, like all that your friends around you might, might be changing, um, that I would wager a lot of them, you know, even if they were, there was mistreatment towards you, a lot of them were feeling those exact same things of like, man, what is like, I just don't fit in. And so there's a lot of times when like, like even it's kind of funny, this, is, this may seem unimportant, but uh, I was sitting next to this guy when I was in high school and he was this jock and he had it in my mind, he had it all together, right? He had everything. I was a total nerd in high school, but I didn't really care. I was like, whatever, like you can make fun of me. I don't really care. And so I had, I don't know if you ever played or I've seen Dragon Ball Z Oh yeah. Yeah. So I had this little <laughs> dragon ball and I was knocking it around on my desk. And so I actually knocked it a little too far and it went over to this jock guy's desk. He was right next to me and he was talking with his friends and all of a sudden it bumps over and he look, looks at it and he leans it in and he goes, dude, is this from dragon ball Z? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, why don't you, don't he like looks around. He's like, don't tell anybody, but that's like one of my favorite shows. And I remember being so confused being like, why won't you tell me whether you like this? Yeah. You know, I was like, you know, and I was like, oh, that's, that's why I'm not popular. Uh, cause you know, I did, I, I, but I, the, uh, I guess my point of that is to say that that was really, that provided a lot of insight for me into like, wow, like kids are like, 
we're all just trying to figure it out and trying to fit in. And some people do it better than others. Some people hide stuff better than others. So in that case, with that jock sitting next to me, he hid his his things better than I did. Uh, and and so, um, yeah, I don't know why I said that, all, all that. But I was just thinking about how a lot of kids are going through that same thing of like being really unsure, you know? And so there's this thing that Satan does where he gets in there and he's like, he, he others you, right? Even more than maybe you might be othered by people, others you even more. And it's like, you're not like them. You're not like them. Why don't you come over here? Why don't you do these things, these crazy things? Because mm-hmm. uh, it'll make you feel better. And then it's just like pulls you down even further. Um, but have you, uh, I know there's a lot of people who are parents um, who might have kids that they're worried about. Um, what would your advice be to those people where their kids might be rebelling, their kids might be pushing against uh, their authority as parents in their lives? What would you say to them, what, to, those, to those parents? Mm. Yeah, teach them to wait on the Lord. Teach them to sit with the Lord, wait on his presence, pray with them. Um, how to have a relationship with God. You know, if you have a relationship with God, I think that's our number one thing as parents as we can do, because as parents, we're going to miss it regardless. You know, um, whether or not my parents had been, you know, perfect in my in my teenage years, I'm certain that I would have fell into something. But it was only Jesus that could bring me to Jesus. You know, (laughs) it was knowing him. Um, So I think, yeah, just our number one job as parents is just to be pointing to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, uh, Vinny, what, what was it like? I mean, because obviously you changed a lot since giving your life to the Lord. Um, so what was that process like? So you, you were in that courtroom, you said yes to Jesus. Did you end up going to prison for a year or? No, I didn't. So, uh, man, I was wondering how much of my testimony I should get into because it could take a while. Hey, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Tell us yeah. what you want. Yeah. So, um. I had actually, so my dad was a personal trainer. Um, that was actually what inspired me when I first, uh, saw the changes in his life. He had lost like 200 pounds. Whoa. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was like, okay, I want to do that. I want to be healthy like that. Uh Um, I had been on house arrest at the time and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go live with my dad. I want to get in shape. And I started working for him. I was training one of his clients every morning, which probably is, I wasn't certified at the time. So. <laughs> uh, but he didn't want to go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning to train this guy. So he would send me up every day. I train this guy and give me 15 bucks, which for me at the time was a lot because I couldn't find a job anywhere because of my record and everything. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, 15 bucks a day, I'm saving it up. Things are starting to go good. I start studying to become a personal trainer to get certified. I was set on doing this, um, for a while and I actually did. But, um, yeah, in that process, I had gone out to a party and gotten a big old fight under the influence, did some damage in somebody's house and got an assault charge. Um, and then with the rest of my record at the time, uh, yeah, I was looking at a year at that point. So I remember going to court And leading up to this, my dad, so my dad came to me, he was like, look, working out, doing all this stuff, this, it's not going to get your, your life on track. You know, you're trying really hard, but at the end of the day, 
if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, none of this is going to work out. And he actually told me this is probably not the right way to go about it, but he was like, if you don't do something and, and engage with the Lord in some way, shape, or form, you got to go. And he was ready to kick me out. And I remember I threw a fit. I went outside and I sat and contemplated for like three hours in tears. What do I do? Because I do not want to, I do not want to follow the Lord. I was so angry at him, but I really uh, considered what my dad had said. And, um, you know, if he was willing to kick me out of his house at the end of the day, he must really, (laughs) yeah, but he must really believe that there's something to this Jesus. Yeah. And I just realized like, he wouldn't be telling me this for no reason, you know? Yeah. And so I went back in and I was like, you know what? I will pray. Um, and I'll try, I'll try to engage with the Lord. And that's when the Lord really started meeting me. Um, I would bargain with him (laughs) with the court date coming up. I'd be like, okay, God, if you just get me out of this Uh situation, if you get me through this court date, then I'll follow you, you know, then, then maybe I'll start to, you know, do more. I'll go to church or whatever it is. And so leading up to that court date, I had so many things going on. I was like, all right, I'm making some money. I'm going to school. Uh, I met a girl who's now my wife. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so all these cool things were going on and I'm praying, you know, pretty frequently, but it's still like, okay, God, please just like, don't let me mess this stuff up. But I still yeah. hadn't given him my life fully, you know, still on my own strength at that point. Um, then my court date came. And I remember I was sitting in the, I was sitting in the waiting room and it went just way over the time. So it was like, I was supposed to have court at 11 o'clock and it was like probably 1230 or one o'clock at this point. Nobody had said anything to me. I'm just Which sitting there first when you're like, I could be going to prison for a year. Yeah. You know? just like, just like really just letting it sit there, you know? Oh yeah. It was stewing, man. I, I had so much anxiety. Yeah. I was just sitting there and I can't remember exactly what it was, but I looked up and there was like some kind of statue or something of Jesus. And that's when I started, you know, praying at that point. And I remember realizing that day, like, okay, I am either going to go to jail for a whole year or I'm going to go out and I have all these things that are going well in my life that I've never experienced before. I've never been able to make it here on my own. Mm-hmm. And today is the day that, you know, I can't do it. I can't do it alone anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right then and there that, yeah, that's when I, I was like, all right, Lord, no matter what happens today. I'm choosing to follow you. And like two minutes later, the guy's lawyer walks out, or maybe it was my public defender or whatever, and comes up to me and he says, all right, all the charges are dropped. Bro. (laughs) You were like, (gasps) yeah. (laughs) He's like, all the charges are dropped. You just have to pay for the damage that happened when you were in the fight with this guy. And from working that, you know, that client every day, $15 $15 a day for my dad. I had the exact amount of money on, to pay for the broken window. I was like, oh, wow, Lord, you are already taking care of me. And it wasn't out of a bargain with him. 
it, it came after a decision to follow him no matter what. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And immediately I see his favor in my life. So I went out to the car with my dad and I told him what happened. We both cried like babies that day. Dude. Oh, man. <laughs> well, to me, I just feel like that was such a minor thing for God. Like, he's like, yeah, I, I know. I got, hey, what do you wait till you see what I do with your life? You know, and I'm just looking at you now and what you're doing now. And I'm just like, I just like feel the emotion of that, of just like, that was like, to you, that was a big deal at the time, right? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> but it was just like, you know, him just feeding you like the little bit of like, hey, here's 15 bucks, 15 bucks, 15 bucks, you know? And then you had the exact amount you needed. And it was like, yeah, okay, but check this out, you know? And uh, and what God has taken you through since then is just amazing, bro. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, but really quick, I wanted to go back because you mentioned you really, you were sitting out there for like three hours and you're like, man, I really don't want, I really don't want to follow God because I'm angry at him. Why were you angry at him? Man, why was I so angry at him? My circumstances, mm. my rough childhood and, um, yeah, rough childhood. I thought he hated me too. I thought he hated me. I had another experience at a, um, at one of the Christian camps that I went to where it was like a, this really good experience where, um, I was reading the word every day and they gave me this award where I was like, I got an award for like memorizing the most scripture. Right. And I was probably like 10 years old. I had a really bad experience with a camp counselor who actually, um, hit me and wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it sent me and that, that, and just, um, really not fitting in, you know, I, I really thought God just hated me. Hmm. It was really bad, you know? Yeah. Um, but I totally let, um, the church and, and man depict this image of Christ for me, which was completely a lie, you know? And I, and I discovered that, you know, in my relationship with the Lord. Yeah. So what was it like then having been in that place and then and then actually experiencing God for the first time, like the real God, like, what was that like? Because I, like, I, I got to hear this. Like, I'm really curious. It was night and day. Um, just the amount of grace and favor that I immediately saw in my life and the changes that he was doing in me and my heart, they were unbelievable. Yeah. I remember every day I would wake up after I started my relationship with the Lord. And it was like every day was the best day of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and of course yeah. I started, um, it started getting challenging. There was, there was lots of deep trauma and wounds that the Lord had to walk through with me and, and prune me of and heal me. Um, and there's been a lot of work that I've done with Jesus as well. Sure. But his goodness in my life as a whole has just been unbelievable. I can't believe, like, I, I'm happily married. Me and my wife are best friends. Come on. Oh, man, this is choking me up a little bit. Yeah, as it should. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a wonderful relationship with my kids. Um, uh, my friendships are great. They, um, My friends help me grow. Hmm. Um, they point me to the Lord. 
I'm not the same. I don't have anger in my heart. I don't have loneliness that I held on to. Um, I don't have bitterness and hatred toward other people. Uh, he's just done so much, man. I can't even believe when I think about that person, it's, it's kind of hard for me to talk about it sometimes because I feel dis so disconnected to who that person was, you know, like I talk about it and it, it doesn't even seem real to me, <laughs> you know, the, yeah. to even fathom being addicted to drugs and, or any of that. I'm just like, what? Yeah. What? Who is that? Like, yeah, man. Dude. Yeah, God's good. He's so good. Yeah. Um All right, well let's talk about how you got back into how, how you got back into music, how you got into worship, all of that. Cuz I mean, you did mention that you had like a a history, a background in hip hop and obviously like you said some rock, but it was mostly hip hop kind of. Yeah. And, and he's kind of been redeeming that. I listened to some of your music and it's got, you know, you're definitely getting back into that. I don't know how old that that was on the Vinny Loves Jesus on Spotify, which is a, a link is in the description if you want to listen to it, everybody. Oh, cool. um, <laughs> but um, yeah, talk about that. Like, how, how did you get back into music? I mean, was it always present in your life or was there a period where you stopped? Yeah, so there was a period I stopped. Um, so at my mom's house, I listened to rap and hip hop because all her, her boyfriend at the time um, – was a big hip hop head. And so that was like just normal at our house. When I went to my dad, um, his, he's a musician, he's a singer and pianist actually plays violin as well. He's amazing. And I would go over there and, uh, he had a band that he played in and I remember being around that. And so music has always been like uh, a big part of my story. I had always felt, you know, even when I was younger that like, okay, there is something for me with music. Like I felt like it was from the Lord actually. Like this is just kind of how I'm wired. Um and so all throughout my teens and all through this music was always my um just my paintbrush, man. Like anything that I went through, I would talk about it in my music. And so you can imagine my music growing up was kind of rough. Just, yeah, very yeah. much so. <laughs> um and so actually I remember when I came to Jesus, that was one of the hardest things for me to surrender was my music. Um, and even throughout my story and walk with the Lord, um, it had led me, you know, not completely surrendering that part of my story had led me down some pretty rough paths where praise God, his grace has pulled me out of. Um, but there has been multiple times where the Lord has asked me to lay it down. Um, and it was always really challenging. I'd say probably about three years ago. Um, so at a point in my walk with the Lord, I, I had some backsliding going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I fell pretty hardcore into, into drugs again. Um, that was through, um, really my own doing, but I had, been given a prescription from my doctor to opiates. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up abusing them and falling into this really deep cycle. Um, at the time I was recording a lot of artists in this space that I'm in right now, a lot of hip hop artists and, um, yeah, drugs really came back into my life through that. Yeah. 
Um, so anyway, the Lord miraculously ripped addiction straight out of me. That's a whole story <laughs> right there. But um, in that, I remember uh, the Lord calling me to to lay down all the music again. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch anything with music for probably a year after okay. that. And I had been very connected in the music scene in Cincinnati um, around a ton of artists. Um, yeah, a lot of people came to me to record their stuff. And it's funny, I was thinking about this today. It uh, kind of lines up with the calling that the Lord has put on me in this season. Even back then when I was misusing this gift in me, people would come to me um, to record them because I would pull sounds out of them that they didn't realize they had in them. So it wasn't even my ability to make like pristine like recordings or anything. They would come to me and they'd be like, Vinny, I want to work with you because there's something that comes out of me that only happens when we get together. Wow. Yeah. And so that's, you know, fast forwarding a little bit, that's kind of the anointing that I've been seeing on me. What Holy spirit wants to do through me is pull sounds out of people for his glory. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That must've been an interesting thing. I mean, was it just like, were you like, was it something that you realized that you did right away? Like, like when you were, when, when you were able to pull those sounds out of people, uh, were you like, Whoa, that was interesting. Or were you just kind of like, was it, did you recognize that at first or was it other people kind of affirming that within you? Cause it's a, that's a gift. Yeah. It kind of came naturally. Um, I don't think I was ever doing it on purpose. I just heard things. See the, the crazy thing is, I, I noticed it, but when I was doing it before, it wasn't right. Um, a lot of it was like, I heard the way something should have sounded. Yeah. And I would almost correct them and be like, hey, you're doing this. Maybe you should do this thing. Hmm. And kind of the redeemed version of that and giving glory to the Lord is, hey, you're doing that. And you need to do more of that thing. Hmm. You need Because that's the sound that's in you. That's what the Lord loves because wow. at the end of the day, it's, it's you and it's, and God has just kind of flipped it to where it's like, all right, I want to pull those sounds out of you. The sound that you carry, the sound that only your story can tell to glorify the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how did, um, how did, uh, come up here, come into the, how did that come on the scene? How did that become a thing? Yeah. So. Um, rewinding. Can I rewind a little bit? So yeah, you, can, you can, we can jump around, man. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so around the time that, um, I came to the Lord, I started going to a vineyard church on the West side of town. I got on the worship team there. Um, but really I, I moved to vineyard Northwest over here in Cincinnati. And one of my brothers, his name is Luke Hazelmeyer. He's the worship pastor at vineyard Northwest. He at the time, um, there was a young adults movement and there was really a lot of revival going on in the young adults community here in Cincinnati. And I just so happened to be a part of that when I was fresh into the Lord. So saw a lot of cool things with that. Holy Spirit really accelerated, um, my walk through the young adults revival that was happening here. And my buddy Luke, he empowered me to, to lead worship. Um, 
he I remember very early on uh one of the first couple meetings that I attended with this young adults group he said hey do you play any instruments yeah I play piano and he's like all right cool you're leading the worship and I'm like I don't even know what that means <laughs> but he put me in it and immediately it was um a part of my walk with the Lord and I started leading worship very regularly um and so fast forward come up here uh, a couple of the guys that I met in that community, uh, we got together and with no agenda, we just said, you know what, let's all get together for four weeks, once a week and just worship. No plans, like not trying to start a band, even though everybody was musicians, it was just like, let's just get together and see what happens. Like no commitment. Yeah, yeah. No commitment. Yeah. Except for once a week for four weeks after that, if nothing else happens, then so be it. Yeah. So yeah, we got together four times. Every single time we worshiped was insane. Like experiences with the Lord that I had never had. Really? Oh yeah. Just, I immediately began seeing in the spirit during Whoa. worship. Yeah. And I hadn't really, I had operated in like gifts of knowledge or words of knowledge and stuff mm -hmm. like that, where the Lord would sometimes show me pictures or something and give me a word for somebody. Um, but not like as vivid as this was. Wow. Yeah. I mean, crazy, crazy visions. I, I wish I could remember all of them. But, yeah, I realized, like, oh, this worship has been, like, kind of unlocking this gift in me to see in the spirit. Um, so, anyway, worship four times. All of us just had these amazing encounters. Um, there was, like, instruments popping out of nowhere that none of us were playing, like, sounds in the room that we could hear. And we're just like, what is going on? This is wild. Um I remember one of the times we were all singing and it sounded like a megaphone. Like we were all yelling into a megaphone. You know how it's like kind of distorted when you uh -huh. sing into a, in a megaphone. And we were all just looking at each other like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and so God was just really blessing these worship sessions that we were doing together. Um, and so we were like, all right, it's been four weeks. Uh, what do we do? At first, at first, we literally were like, okay, we need to think of a name. Who are we? What are we? And we were like, oh, we're just a bunch of dudes that worship. We we're like, maybe we should be dudes who worship. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that, that started. And then we, um, we almost went with that. I'm so glad we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's very undignified, you know, which is, you know, it's, it, not providing any glory for yourself you know it's very but it's just not you know it's like all right yeah it was funny um but shortly after that we did a worship set and i was like i'm just gonna open the bible to like a, a random scripture and we'll just worship out of that and i opened to revelation 4 1 which is um essentially the the, the come up here verse it's after this, I looked and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So we heard the come up here thing. 
um, we're worshiping, we're singing about coming up here. And I went into this vision where um, there, I saw a, a door, I saw Jesus as a door and I traveled into it and I saw the father on the throne and I oh. saw um, really the throne room and just all these, the, the sea of glass was there, the, the emerald and ruby and just like all of it. I'm seeing this during worship and I'm all of a sudden this prophetic song began to pour out of me. Um, and I, it was, do you know who like Misty Edwards is? Mm -hmm. It kind of sounded like maybe one of her songs. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like pouring out of me and I was like, what is this? Like half the stuff I was saying, I didn't know where it was coming from. Um, it was like, oh man, I probably have it recorded somewhere. I'm going to dig it up. But it was just very prophetic sounding. Wow. It was just like, okay, this is intense. And over time I had discerned it and like the meaning of it. Like I didn't even know what it meant when I said mm. it, you know, um, like straight prophecy. Dude. Yeah. And you do not have a whole lot of experience with like straight prophecy. I mean, you said that you'd started seeing, you'd have gotten words of knowledge before you guys started doing the, the, the meeting with the dudes, the dudes who worship. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh so did did you, you so you'd never it was this like your first time experiencing this stuff like on like this kind of a level yeah this was like a different level this felt uh, like holy spirit was just kind of pouring out of me yeah almost like i lost control of yeah. what i was saying uh -huh. um which actually happens a lot during worship um when i'm leading now um at some point it, there's a switch that happens where it's like the the best way I can put it is like being possessed by the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I just feel like an oracle we where Holy a Spirit, vessel, you know, it's just like yeah. a vessel of God's pouring out, you know. Yeah. Yep. Another feeling. Yeah. Well, dude, I mean, I can attest. Um, just even in my experience, I mean, there is very clearly an anointing. Um, you know, because I think it was just you and a keyboard or something. Um, at you, you were here in Oregon with uh, Krista and everybody and, and at one of her tent revivals. And it was just like, dude. Yeah. So there's definitely an anointing there. Um, but I mean, I, dude, I know, I know what it's like to get that whole, that just almost like you can, well, for me, it's like, you know, cause I'm a, you know, filmmaker and, and stuff. So for me, it was just like, couldn't write down. I had this encounter with the Lord and I had couldn't write things down fast enough it was just like crazy man just like <laughs> you know and yeah um you know and you're just like and it was just like this something that was so much bigger than you so much like, yes. there's no way and you were just like you were in it but it was just like it was so much bigger than you and there's this recognition that it was so much bigger than you so i i, I definitely know what that feels like right it's almost like a dream almost in a way yeah where like you wake up from a dream and there's all these details and all these crazy things that happen, but you really don't have any idea what it means. Right. <laughs> you write yeah. it down, you process it with the Lord and yeah. you know, yeah, kind yeah. of a bit of that. <laughs> yeah. So how did you get involved with uh, Krista then? Yeah. So I was leading worship um, at Vineyard Northwest for a while. Um, that's still our home church, Krista's home church as well. Yeah. And, uh, around the time that she started going there, I just happened to be hanging out in the auditorium worshiping. There was nobody there. Um, 
I just kind of felt like worshiping. So I was just in there on the piano and Krista happened to walk in through the back and sat down. I didn't even see her back there. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, so she's sitting in the back and I'm just kind of going at it in worship. And I, when I finished, I looked up. I think she was pretty shaken up from the Holy Spirit. And she approached me and was just like, we became friends. Uh, she invited me to lead worship at Revival Rooms. And I remember um, feeling like, so all this stuff that I was just telling you with prophecy and prophetic worship had just started happening to me. Yeah. And when I got invited to go to Revival Rooms, I remember it being like a safe place for me to to do this. Um, to do prophetic worship in like a uh, corporate setting. You know, there are smaller groups uh, of people, but yeah, I just was like, oh, this is like a safe place where I can really grow in this. Hmm. Uh, and so I started attending revival rooms pretty regularly and leading worship there. Hmm. Awesome, man. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk about... Um... I mean, we called the episode the redeemed sound, so we probably should definitely hit on this. Um, what do you mean by that? Uh, because <laughs> yeah. that there's a lot of interpretations people could have with that, and I'm really curious to to hear what you mean by that. What, what does the redeemed sound mean? So the redeemed sound is is a new sound, um, but it's an old sound. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> so God has been showing me over the last course of a year. So I, I've been traveling with um, Trail of Joy uh, tour. Some of you guys might know that, but also with Krista and doing tent revivals. My brother, Philip Redeemed, he's been on the show a couple times. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've all been traveling and man, it started like I would go to these different regions and operate in prophetic worship. And all of a sudden, these sounds were coming out of my worship that uh, I had never played before. Um, and I started praying about it, like, okay, why is like this country sound coming out when I just played in, you know, Tennessee or why is this like super old school sound coming out when I played in, you know, Georgia or whatever, you know? And I started realizing like, Oh, the sounds that were coming out were relevant to the locations I yeah. was at. Thinking that. Yeah. And it was never intentional. It was just like what the Holy spirit did through me. It, it was when I got to that point of like, I'm no longer in control of what comes out of worship. The Lord is moving. And then we would just break into these sounds. Even what I played on the piano would, would switch up at that point. And the Lord started showing me like, yeah, I use these sounds because this is how I interact with this specific group of people during worship. Like, this is how we communicate. You know, this is, this is an expression that I'm allowing you to tap into, to lead these people, um, into worship with me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So like, that's the sound you've put over this area or in this land. And, and I realized there was, there was times where 
some of the sounds were like really old. Um, it, recently in Colorado, during the women's summit there, I was I was leading worship and like this Elvis thing popped out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I started. I I just started singing like Elvis, and it it totally was Holy Spirit. And uh, like I had the accent and everything. It was really interesting. It was totally an accident. <laughs> well, not an accident, but for me, I was just like, okay, all right, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah this is what's happening uh-huh. now. And it yeah. got so awesome. The Lord really like blessed those women that night, and um. I remember praying about it and I was like, okay, Lord, like, what is this Elvis thing? And he started showing, like, everywhere I went, all of a sudden I started seeing Elvis, Elvis, all this stuff everywhere. And I remember, um, like, kind of just looking into his story a little bit. And then, like, the Elvis movie came out. Uh huh. And it was so funny because Elvis grew up doing, like, tent revivals. Yeah. And I had been doing all these tent revivals. Yeah. Right. And so, when Elvis was a kid, he was around the church and he, uh, he was actually, um, really influenced by African-American music and, mm-hmm. um, had like a lot of rich black history in, in his roots of music. And I was like, oh, I can relate to that. He kind of had like, you know, a troubled childhood as well. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I can really relate to this guy in that way. And the Lord showed me that, um, he was like, yeah, he actually, in the movie, he's anointed, like his dance moves happen because he got caught up in the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. right? And so he's his, uh, he's just breaking it down in the tent, you know, doing his little shaking thing. And it was because the Holy Ghost fell on him. I don't know how true and accurate that right. is. Yeah. But, but for the sake of the illustration. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was like, okay, so like he was actually anointed. Like his sound and his like music, that belonged to the Lord. Mm -hmm. God gave him that gift to glorify him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sadly, he fell into, you know, all kinds of other music, you know, worldly stuff. But a lot of his music actually was he did have some gospel stuff that came out. And Mm -hmm. um, but it was really cool in the movie. Him staying true to the sound that the Lord had put in him was a pivotal moment in our country, actually. Um that this bridge was created between um like black culture and white yeah, culture absolutely yeah and it was like this bridge where these sounds kind of merged together and reached more people so the lord was like kind of revealing that to me through just through the elvis thing um and sadly like his story doesn't end well but like there was a mantle on him that you know, even even through his journey and kind of making some of the wrong decisions, God still used that for a really great thing in our country. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, and it makes you wonder, like, how how much more if he had been serving the Lord, if he had been using that? Because it's like the gifts are without repentance, obviously. You know, we know that. Um, and so people can operate in their giftings, but still be out of alignment with, with the Lord and, and it being fully used. And I think that anything that Elvis was chasing, that's why he took to drink and, and all of that, you know, um, 
is there was something in him that wasn't he wasn't getting and if he had if he had if he had pursued the lord that's what he would have been finding even in his music there was like this it was like this bottomless pit of like striving even though he was operating in his gift it wasn't he didn't have a good foundation you know so it was just all falling through the bottom every single time you know it's like trying to fill up a bucket that's got a hole in it like no matter how hard you try you're not going to get that thing full so yeah, yeah that's good yeah but there was a, honestly man uh there was a part in that movie it was towards the end when they were doing like a i think they were getting ready to do like a vegas uh show or something it was like the first vegas show and he's like on the on the fly like composing this new sound you know like with mm. all these people and i that's right i, yeah. I found it really in uh exciting because i think that's what god is is really wanting to release within creatives is that that new sound of not just regurgitating and and just okay well what's in right now what's bethel doing and not not bashing on bethel i'm just saying oh what's bethel doing what's what's uh what's hillsong doing and and i've talked to other people who have the gift of songwriting have the gift of they have great voices but they're unconventional voices and uh, them feeling like there isn't a place for them sometimes even in the church because they don't sound like Bethel. And they're like, well, we want to do what Bethel's doing. And then we don't sound like Hillsong. We, we want you to do what Hillsong's doing or or uh, uh, Elevation Worship or whatever. Um, and that I, I just, I, I found that that sequence in the in the film so inspiring because it was like, that's that's the expression God wants us to have is it was just Elvis in his zone. Yeah. And it was just like, being I'm just himself. Gonna, Boom, being itself. And and so often we, if we're not careful as creatives, we can fall into this net of like just looking like everyone else. We become this yeah. amalgam of all these different influences. And influences are great, but the influences shouldn't be the thing that makes you. The influences are something that just is like fuel for something, you know, like right. boom. And then you still operate like you were born and created to operate in rather than assimilating to a specific sound or specific look or whatever it may be. Um, and so I found that really, really inspiring. And I, that's why I'm so excited about what you guys do with like your, your midnight oil thing. And that's like a, a good example and a great segue, um, you know, cause you guys started doing this midnight oil thing, which is yeah. really, really, really <laughs> cool. So talk about that. It's totally an accident. <laughs> um, oh, good things are, man. Dude, they are, man. We were just hanging out one night, and I just threw on some beats, and we started rapping about Jesus. Threw a camera on, and kind of the rest is history. We we just been up here worshiping and and having fun. Um, the, it's really blessed me because that's hip hop has always been a sound that's in me, and now I get to use that to glorify the Lord. Yeah, come on. And in fact, with the redeemed sound, the Lord has been showing me that like. The new sound, what I meant by earlier, I said the new sound is actually the old sound. It's because there's a sound in all of us, like even the sound of Elvis, like the Lord is redeeming that for the kingdom. The Lord is coming in all the, and, and actually he's shown me that the enemy has been trying to steal these sounds and the church and, and well, not the church, but the spirit of religion has just like handed it over to him yeah. for the sake of, um, you know, just believing that these things don't belong in the church, but that's not true. There's, this is a language that only, you know, s specific people 
are going to use it to communicate and worship the Lord. And so he, he showed me that the new sound looks actually, it's a sound of unity, right? Mm-hmm. It's where the church comes together and we champion the song that's in one another. We champion the song that's in the, you know, Hispanic speaking church up the street or the, um, or the, uh, the African church up the street or whatever it is that they have a specific sound. And, you know, the Lord talks about us walking in unity to be in the fullness of Christ. I believe that the new sound is going to come from worlds colliding where the church says, you know what? We champion your language with the Lord. And actually the whole language thing, I mean, you look at Acts 2, the first thing that Holy Spirit did was everybody could understand each other. They heard each other in their own language, you know, and I I believe that is vital to unity. I believe that is vital to the the new sound that the Lord is is bringing about. So I hope that God uses Midnight Oil as like some sort of platform for people to not only, not just hip hop, but um, just whatever to come in and express themselves to the Lord mm-hmm. and that we can grow in this new sound together, you know? Yeah. Well, and it's not, it definitely isn't just hip hop. Cause I mean, you, I think you had Dave, uh, Krista's husband um, come in, I think it was like last week or the week before. And you'd mentioned that you guys kind of morphed into kind of like a metal kind of yeah. thing, you know? And so I had messaged you. I was like, bro, you should check out Holy Name. Um, and so you had mentioned, Fire. <laughs> yeah. And you would, you, I'm trying to get that guy on the show, Tommy Green. It's yeah. going to happen. He said, yes, I, I talked to him. He said, yes, but then he recorded an album and then he went, ghosted us. Uh, so Tommy green, <laughs> get on the show, man. Uh, Come on, Tommy. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, but I wanted to actually touch on that really quick because you'd said something really interesting. And I think that it was a window into not just metal worship, right? I feel like it's, it is more insightful into what God is going to be producing. And you said it's, you remember, I'm trying to remember, I wish I had the, should have just pulled up the post here, but um, you'd mentioned something about how this is, the sound isn't going to be for everyone, but it's going to be for a very specific type of person. So I want you to talk about that because I feel like it doesn't just apply to metal, this metal sound. It's, it's bigger than that. So, yeah. 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 So the metal thing again that came out that was completely spontaneous prophetic um so david krista's husband um david shram good friend of mine he uh he he's a part of come up here as well and so that that set actually it wasn't a midnight oil set we do these thursday night worship sets with 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 come up here and essentially it's just all prophetic worship and it's just you know practicing in the prophetic through song. And so that whole thing where Holy Spirit takes over happened again. Um, it started, uh, we were kind of playing like this weird alternative pop sound at first. And it was like real happy and whatever. And we're playing that for like an hour, just kind of waiting on the Lord, you know? Um, we weren't like, it wasn't at that point where the glory fell and we're all just caught up in him yet. But all of a sudden, David started playing this bass line that was in him. And very quickly, uh, the Lord showed up and changed the entire sound. Um, 
it was really deep. It was it was like a, a darker sound. Um and turned in the straight heavy metal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was me and James. I to- I told you about G- I can't remember if I talked about him on the show, but he's our drummer mm-hmm. and and David on bass. And it was the three of us and all of a sudden just that like the heaviest <laughs> like violent <laughs> like metal sound came out. Yeah. And it was so wild. I never screamed before. Um, never like growled or anything like that. And all of a sudden that is coming out in our worship. And wow. it's all unto the Lord, you know? Yeah. And it was heavy. Like it was really, really heavy. Like we got done and we're all just kind of looking at each other like what was that (laughs) what just happened yeah and so um actually you know the next day i felt like i was like am i feeling like a check in my spirit on this or something um and james and i had met the next day to get in the word together and there was just kind of this feeling of like a little bit of heaviness to be honest and I was like, man, God, what are you saying? Like, was that not like from you or, you know, what was that? And I was almost like kind of nervous to go and listen to the set again because of how heavy it is. And I'm like, God, is this from you? Because, you know, your your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And this is like kind of like weighty, you know? <laughs> and um, I was like, all right, let's listen to it. And I start playing it. And all of a sudden it's like this heaviness. And then I hear my voice singing unto the Lord and like what I'm saying and peace just fell in my house, man. Like very powerfully. I was like, what? Like, what? how is there so much peace behind something that's so heavy at the same mm-hmm. time? And uh, immediately James goes into a vision um, and he sees me on like this horse with a sword, just like... <laughs> flying through hell devouring demons with jesus on my back Hmm. right so it was a very heavy you know vision that he saw but it was all it was like this war um war song essentially yeah Uh, and the lord showed us that like yeah this is this is what was going on in the spirit when you guys were doing this song this is this is a good thing but it is heavy and it's the check I think that we were feeling was like, okay, we don't feel grace to just at this moment, put this out without visual interpretation. It's got a specific purpose. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, even today I was reading in Corinthians about (laughs) like the head coverings and, and like the, the Corinthian church couldn't figure out like, do we wear this or, you know, do we not? And Paul addresses it. And kind of at the end, he's like, you know what? Like you guys be the judge of that. But if it causes division in the church, if it's not causing unity, then just kind of do away with it. You know? Wow. Yeah. That's profound. Yeah. And so I've kind of taken this worship set to the Lord, like, okay, Lord, like at the end of the day, I know this is for you. I know this is a good thing, but I don't want to put this out without some kind of context and wisdom behind it because at the end of the day, I don't, our heart is for unity. Um, and while simultaneously inviting the people that listen to heavy metal into the context of worship with us, because that's a sound that a lot of people carry specifically, you know, like, um, like you, for example, yeah. you like heavy metal. There's a lot of people yeah. who really like 
heavy metal. So mm-hmm. uh, right now I'm just kind of navigating through that and, and discerning that. Yeah. And I think too, like for me, I mean, um, I, I don't know, hearing you talk about that, like I, my I, eyes kind of fill up with tears. Like I just feel, I feel that deeply like, um, with, uh, metal specifically. Cause I, I listen to a wide range of music. Um, and I feel music. I like, I definitely like, not everybody's like that, but like, I feel music. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now, back to the show. Um, and both my dad and my mom, uh, you know, were very, like, my mom is a classically trained opera singer. And my dad is, like, really into, you know, grew up in the 70s, 60s and 70s. And so that was all that type of music was very much an influence in my life, just in our home. Um, and so I kind of have this meshing of two things. It's like classical, like I love classical music. I listen to all the film scores. Um, but then also, you know, 60s, 70s, and even 80s, you know, just all of that. Uh, but but specifically with metal, man, I, I view it as like, because I don't listen to it all the time. I'll go through phases where I do if I'm going through like warfare. And it's like, to me, it's like war. It's like the the, the music of war for me. And uh i've dude i've fallen broken down like just bawling listening to metal music dude come like, on people dude. will be like what in the world is wrong with you? you you like how do you even know what they're saying and it's like i only i i only listen to christian metal if I mean, i've because it is so it's a very intense type of music and i think yeah. it's really important and i always check the artists that i'm listening to and making sure that they're in alignment that they're godly individuals that they're not just christian because they want you know to sneak into a different avenue to get successful. Uh, but yeah, there's certain music like uh, Vicky, people listen, have, you know, see her in the comments. She's, she's a metal head as well. You know, like um, I'm constantly like recommending, uh, but yeah, you know, we've had Maddie Montgomery from for today uh, on the show before. Um, so I have a, I, so I get it. Like when you said that, I was like, I, I get it in like that type of language and it's, it might not be for everybody, uh, but I've just got a total warrior's warrior's heart, you know, and so for me, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, that's like, Oh man, when I'm like praying for praying for a family member, I'm praying over my generation, over our country, uh, over this ministry, like, man, I just go to war, dude. And that's, that's usually the music that's playing, you know? So that's fire yeah, I feel that, and too. and really encouraging to hear yeah yeah the the verse the lord gave me around that um and when he started speaking to me about the enemies trying to steal the sound too was ezekiel 28 16 which says through your widespread trade you were filled with violence and you sin and that's right when um lucifer is cast onto the the fiery stones right mm. and so the lord showed me that word trade there and I began to, to research it and, and study it a bit. And uh, in that culture, essentially trading was like, if, if, you, if somebody worked for a store uh, and the store owner trusts them to overlook everything and they're taking money, uh, like some of the profit, and they're taking, putting $300 in the cash register and taking $100 and putting it in their own pocket. You know, and he showed me, he's like, this is what Satan, who was, you know, the director of music, yep. um, this is what he's been doing with my glory. 
is all of this belongs to me, but he's been trying to take it and put it in his own pocket. And he showed me that even with the metal music that, no, this was designed for God's glory. Like Satan doesn't own any of this. He doesn't create any of it. He lies and he twists it and he tries to put it, take it for himself. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I believe it's, it's time to take it back, man. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you saw what happened on the Grammys last night. Sam Smith came out and did this set. It was so demonic. And it was like, I mean, he was like basically like Satan and he was, you know, um, and like the whole crowd was cheering. But what was interesting is it was showing some people's faces in the crowd. I didn't watch the whole thing because I was like, I don't really want to, you know, uh, it's pretty gnarly. But um, uh, there were some people in the audience who were not having it. And I could tell they weren't having it, you know? Good. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's going to be, while the world continues to go that way, we've talked about a lot on the show, had a lot of different people talking about how we're entering into a time when it's like light is light and dark is dark. And I was saying, even though it's intense, I would much rather have it that way where light is light and it's obvious and dark is dark and it's obvious, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, where it's like, they're becoming more and more and more pronounced. And you're going to see a lot of people that unexpected people be like, yeah, no, I'm out. I'm going to go, I'm going to go over to the light side. This is too much, you know? Um, And so I'm really interested to see that play out, but um, you know, it's, it's getting to the point now where it's like, that's really the big message. I feel like from heaven is like, Satan doesn't own these things, you know, whether it's Hollywood, whether it's the music industry, whether it's, education whether satan doesn't own these things he doesn't it's good yeah you know uh he's a created being um god is the author of creativity he's the author of music he's the author of of education he gave his minds to explore and be curious and um you know so i i love that dude i think it's it is time to take back music you know it's time yeah. to take back the arts and entertainment and and yeah so i like that that's good so okay um the, i guess we could just close it out with you talking about wabash oh man people. yeah <laughs> this is like this is about what we're in right now and it kind of ties into something that a word that krista released on the show I don't know, like two weeks ago now or something like that so yeah go for it all right how much time do we have? We got time, bro. All right, we got time for this. Yeah. All right. Wabash. Okay, this happened. This actually happened out of a, a prophetic worship set, just like this. Man, th- I want to just give some context of like kind of how I've been seeing in the spirit through prophetic worship. The Lord kind of showed me that um, prophetic worship enables me to see. It's almost like it's almost like echolocation, right? Okay. So like, think about like, a bat. They send sound off of things and they get a signal that comes back to them and it creates the image of in their head. Right. Uh So, um, worship is, that's like the best analogy I can put it. It's like the sound is going off into the heavens, into the third heavens or the spiritual realm. And the Lord is sending it back to create an image for me to be able to see into the spirit. And so we are, um, down in Oklahoma, uh, last November, and my brother Philip is there. And before I got there, they'd been joking about this word. Um, it came from our brother Matt telling Philip, he said, I believe the Lord is going to give you a gold bar. 
And Philip was just looked at him. He was like, oh, yeah? Well, the Lord told me he's going to wabash you. So it's just like this kind of funny joke prophecy thing, but like, you know, validity to it. Yeah. And so I show up, they tell me about it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And we go through the week. Um, we're leading. Philip set up his tent that weekend for uh, Flood Nations. And we we did worship that week. And I had known this whole time that God had had something for me in Oklahoma City because I had been to Oklahoma three times. And every time I thought we were going to end up in Oklahoma City, we never did. And the Lord said, you're going to keep going back until you get to Oklahoma City. Hmm. So my expectations are super high. Yeah, I get there. I'm like, all right, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? Every day goes by and I'm like, all right, that was cool, Lord. <laughs> I don't know if that's what you have for me here, What what's actually going on. And so we get to the last day, do worship, go back to our Airbnb. And I'm like, all right, God, um, still waiting. Like, this was a cool week, but this wasn't like life altering for me. You know, like I really have high expectations. Um. And the next morning I was leaving, we were heading out at like 5 a.m. the drive back to Ohio. And I so almost you're went, like done, basically. Uh, from we're the, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, all right. Well, cool, uh -huh. Lord. If, if this is what you have, sweet. You know, awesome. Bit of a letdown, but, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my wife came in. I'm like laying down on the bed, uh, ready to go, and got all our stuff packed up. I'm super tired. And she goes, you should go hang out with everybody upstairs. I think they're going to worship. Just go hang out with your friends real quick before, you know, one last time before we leave. I'm like, okay. So I go upstairs and they're like, Vinny, lead worship. And I'm like, cool. There's only a guitar. I'm not that great at guitar. I can like play a few chords, a few rhythms or whatever, but I'm not really that great. And I pick up the guitar and I start playing this little guitar riff. It was real silly and goofy. It was just like, down and out, down and out, down and out. Right? So I play that. And I keep playing that for some reason. And then all of a sudden we go into this song. And it was really sweet, really gentle. And all of us started having this vision of traveling on this river with the Lord, right? And we'd be during this, the song was essentially like this river with Holy spirit. And we get to the end of the river and there'd be like a stream that connected to the side of it. And every time we would reach the end of the river, for some reason, I felt Holy spirit. I felt led to play that little guitar riff again. And then all of a sudden it was like a new river began. Right. And a new sound would come out. So every time I play that riff, it'd be like, the end of that river and we'd start a new sound and then God would begin to start showing us other things. We went down a bunch of different rivers, right? And, um, we did like, we were singing stand by me, the Benny King song, uh, -huh. uh as a worship song at, at one point. And it was beautiful, man. We were all crying. And, uh, later on I found out that that song was actually based off of scripture. I think one of the Psalms, which was wild. Wow. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we end up in this river and <laughs> my brother Philip looks at 
looks at me and he goes, I feel like the Lord's about to open up a can of Wabash. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, what? Okay. And we start to go down this river and all of a sudden, man, I start playing this like real country sounding song on the guitar and I'm singing about Wabash, right? With no context for what Wabash really is. And I'm like, flowing down Wabash to the sea of glass. Uh, and all these lyrics are coming out. They were just like really prophetic. And, um, but the sound is coming out of me, man. And I'm sounding like straight country. I'm like, where is this coming from? It was all fun. We were all laughing. Holy laughter broke out. We're, on, we're all on our backs just cracking up. And, but the, the visions that we were having were super intense and we're flowing down this river still. And then all of a sudden that river ends, but it opens up to the sea of glass and the throne room. Right. And all of a sudden this real holy reverence fell in the room. And I actually look over and it actually got kind of like almost metally at that point, like kind of a metal heavy sound. Um, but the river like led into the sea of glass and our friend who had been sleeping on the couch the entire time, he, um, he jumped up out of his sleep. He was like sawing logs, man, like straight, just <laughs> knocked. Right. And we're all worshiping. He jumps up just like resurrects off the couch, dude, <laughs> and starts chanting these crazy songs and tongues like what a day like intense. Right. And the glory of God fell in the room and we're all glued to the floor at this point. Like what is happening? And it all came out of this Wabash thing. And it was one of the most profound worship encounters I've had in a long time. Um, immediately after that, Philip and I started kind of debriefing um, what had happened in worship, and all these revelations started opening up to us. The Lord was just giving us so much. It was like 15 years of revelation that He gave us in like 10 minutes, you know? Wow. And we're freaking out, and we realized, like, oh man, this is so cool. Like, when God opens the heavens in a room and the, it's like the realm of revelation is there, we need to really like, you know, press in during these moments. Um, that's a side note, but okay. So fast forward the next morning, we're driving home to Ohio and I'm looking at my GPS and I look up and I see we're crossing Wabash river on the map. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Which is actually pronounced Wabash. Um, but you know, so we pass, I'm like, what? This is a, it's a river. We look it up and it means like water running over living stones. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) like, okay, that's something. Get back to Ohio. I tell some of my friends, all of a sudden, Wabash starts popping up everywhere. We're seeing it on billboards and on the back of trucks and yeah, it was just like, even my James, our drummer, he um, he was starting to see it pop up everywhere. And I told him about the encounter and he like completely caught it. It was like he was there when I told it to him because like the heavens opened up again as I was testifying about it, mm-hmm. you know, because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yep. So he began to be able to pull on on this revelation that the Lord was giving us collectively. Okay. And then Krista came on here recently and gave the popcorn word, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So around this time, uh, actually recently, uh, before 
like around the time we started Midnight Oil, a couple, you know, episodes ago, she calls me and she goes, Hey, the Lord gave me this word about people being like popcorn and they're going to come up into your midnight oil sessions and they're going to get around the oil of the Lord. It's going to heat up. It's going to heat up and they're going to pop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's so funny because we had been rapping. If you go back and watch the episodes, we had been rapping about the buttery fatness of the oh, Lord, yeah. like, like the oil of the Lord, like every episode, somehow buttery fatness just kept popping up. And I'm like, why are we even rapping about this at this yeah. point? Like every episode. And mm-hmm. so she tells me that she's like, all right, popcorn word. So, all right, next day, James comes over him and I meet every day and getting the word together. So he comes over, knocks at my door and he's got his Bible in his arm. And I see this little black box. Um, and I remember kind of thinking like, okay, that seems significant for some, I don't know what that is, but whatever. So we hang out for about two hours and he set the black box down at one point and we forgot about it and we finish up and he's like, Oh yeah, man, before I go, um, I just remembered that the Lord told me to give you this and here, it's actually right here. Oh, snap. I know what this is. I saw the, uh, the video, but all of you are listening, going to get in suspense here. Yeah. So he's like, man, I really didn't want to give you this. Cause I wanted it uh, for myself. It was a holiday gift and I was really looking forward, but I got out of my car. I heard the Lord say, I almost didn't. And I heard him say it again. No, give this to Vinny. And so he goes back to his car and he grabs it. And it is this popcorn set Ooh. that says film festival popcorn. This is the day after Krista gives me this word. Yeah. And he doesn't t- know about that. Oh, he had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, no idea. And he just heard, he was like, hey, man, I heard the Lord say, give you this. Hands me a box of popcorn. I was like, bro, you did not just give me this well, box Well, apparently, according to him, you were like, what? Yeah, what? dude, I freaked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's actually what I freaked yeah. out, like, yeah. pretty, pretty bad. Um, yeah, I, I actually started, like, running around the room, mind blown. Yeah. So then I'm looking at the box of popcorn and it, I'm like, why? It was like really prophetic. I'm like, why is this box of popcorn so prophetic? It has uh, like these different types of seeds in here, pop yeah. or kernels rather. And um, I felt like the Lord was like, all these seeds represent different types of people. And then I'm reading the back and I see, oh, the yellow popcorn was made for those looking for a supersized piece of popcorn. These pop into a large butterfly shape, which means it has wings that are perfect for catching the seasoning, which was significant for me because I went through like this season where the Lord was showing me all these butterflies and transformation. I even have a butterfly tattooed on my neck. Okay. Um, Yeah. I'm like, okay, why is this box so prophetic? And then I flip it up to the bottom. I'm just observing it, and I see right on the bottom – it says Wabash Valley Farms. Oh, come on, dude. Yeah. So at this point, I like kind of lose it. Yeah. <laughs> I run around the room again. I'm like, Lord, what are you saying to me? Yeah. This, yeah. And cool, dude. it's been so cool. And so 
looking it up, um, Wabash is actually like a, a town um, nearby. It is a river, um, but it's also a town in Indiana. There's also another Wabash in uh, Minnesota that I found out about. But uh, yeah, so the Lord's been highlighting them to us quite a bit. I looked up the town. It's actually known, the one in Indiana is actually known for being a popcorn town. Interesting. Like, like that's one of the their main things they're known for is popcorn. And so I'm like, okay, maybe this all ties into this prophetic word. And we're still discerning it um, and processing it with the Lord, but there's it's so much deeper than what I just made it. And we're going to release a podcast soon, me and my brother Philip, on this uh, specific the specific word. He's got a lot more downloads from the Lord on it. And he actually believes this is a national level word. Mm. Um, yeah, dude. As silly as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's dude. pretty wild. Yeah. How exciting though, man. And even just like what each like kernel is like different kinds. It's like that, that there's like, honestly, like when I saw the video of you talking about this, I was like, I didn't know that there are that many like different types of popcorn that people like, oh, these ones have extra wings that catch the seasoning, you know? And I just, like, <laughs> right. But even just the significance of all that too, is like, I, 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 someone might look at this on the surface and be like, okay, you're reading too much into it, but the, the, how each of these things, God's going to speak how he wants to speak. Right. Um, and uh, it's up to us really to go, okay, well, no matter how ridiculous, I'm going to partner my faith with that, you know? And, um, or how ridiculous it may seem to someone on the, the layman or someone on the outside, but how all these different things can connected together, right? Like Krista's word and all that stuff. So cool, bro. Yeah. Like, so cool. And there's yeah. different types of people as they, as they, uh, get around the oil of the Lord and they heat up and they pop, they're going to. It, it's there's going to be different types of functions even within that. That's so, right, man. You know, so it's so cool. We've been seeing that too on Midnight Oil. There's been we've had a few guests now that have come up here and didn't know the Lord and got in the oil and the heat, man, and they're popping, bro. Like, wow. Last week, a uh, guy got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and he's coming back hopefully this week to get baptized in our bathtub downstairs. Oh. Oh, man so, <laughs> yeah how cool yeah. so you're even opening that midnight oil up to non-believers yeah so yeah cool, man dude. why not at the end of the yeah, day you not? know this is like that's what it's about bro mm. advancing his kingdom man. it's about his people bro dude how exciting dude well i'm stoked like i'm i'm so excited to see what god does in your guys's ministry and what you guys are doing um and just further confirming this popcorn word man i'm i'm here for it i'm so excited thanks jeff that's yeah. awesome so excited oh uh where can people watch those live streams of midnight oil yeah so they're on our facebook page my facebook page just look up Vinny harris um we play them every tuesday night uh 10 p.m eastern yep so you can catch them there um we also be on the lookout for, we have a handful of podcasts. So, oh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but come up here. The prophetic ministry is essentially under Arise now. And a part of what I'm doing for Arise is we are capturing a lot of this content, 
um, the worship sets, the revelations that we've all been getting. Um, they're going to all be on podcast, which you'll be able to find on my page as well. Awesome. So awesome. Well, the links are in the description, everybody. If you go to, if you open up the description and go to follow Vinny, then you got an his Instagram page there, but you also have his Facebook. And if you go to, and it says at Vinny Harris music, if you just click there, you can follow him there. We also have the Facebook page for come up here. So you can go there. We got links for uh, come up here on Spotify and then Vinny loves Jesus, which is a little like post Malone esque. Kinda. <laughs> There's a little post post Malone essence in there, but it's definitely its own thing. Uh, so uh, Vinny, I would love for you to pray for people though, before we go. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, we love you so much. You're worthy of our sound. You're worthy of our song. You're worthy of our hearts, Lord. And we just want to give it all to you, Lord. Let our, our worship be costly, Lord God, that the sound and song that you have put in each one of us individually, that we would be unashamed to bring it to you, Lord, that we would just pour it out at your feet, Lord God, that it would just be so costly, even at the expense of our pride and, and our ego, where if we're feeling like, you know, nobody's going to understand this. Nobody's going to get this, God. Why, you know, why did you give me this sound? Lord, we just bring it to you, God. We bring it to you because the why is to lift you high, Lord God, because you put it there. You put it on our hearts. So God, I just pray for everybody here with a song that needs to be released to you, God, to please you, to bring you glory, God, that their lips would be undone, that they would be undignified before you, God. I thank you for supernatural unity happening within the within the music in the church, God, that you would bring people together that would have never been together otherwise within um, different denominations, even, Lord God, that they would be able to unite, God, with their sounds and the, the, the sounds of the nations would come together and create a new thing. The generations would come together. The old and the new generations would come together to create a new wineskin of this, just this, Lord, just begin to fill it up in each and every one of us, God, that uh, would create a pleasing fragrance to you, Lord God. And I just pray for everybody on this stream to be unlocked in worship in Jesus' name, that they would come to their full potential and every sound that you've ever put on us, Lord, that we've laid down, for you, Lord God, and we've surrendered. We pray resurrection life over these sounds, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that they would begin to arise, Lord, and bring you more glory, Lord. And I even ask that you would open the eyes of people as they begin to press into these things, Lord God, that you would give them eyes to see what you're doing in the Spirit, that our worship would point to what you are doing, Lord, where your heart is, God, not our own um not our own desires, Lord, but your desires, God. The Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you would give us eyes and discernment to know what you're doing, when you're doing, where you're doing it, and how to communicate those messages through our songs to bring people into closer relationship with you, to point to you through our sound. And Lord God, I just pr pray for an increase of your glory even right now to everybody who's listening to just rest on them, Lord, uh, and, and just begin to transform them, God, with your glory right now to make them uh, even more into uh, who you created them to be. 
more into the to the uh, the worshiper that they are. And I just hear the Lord saying, if you don't feel like you're a worshiper, that is a lie. You are a worshiper. We are all worshipers. I hear the Lord say, you do have a sound. You do have a song. You do have a testimony to tell. And you do have an expression. And I break any, um, any attempt from the enemy to try to steal your song. I break it off in Jesus' name. And I just release you to just bring our king everything that you have. In Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Amen. All right. This is legit. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Really, really. I, you're like I I just I met you and I was like this guy's like this guy's like my bro like this is like I just man I really um I think you're awesome man I'm just so stoked about what God is doing in your life and uh you know uh we'll have you back for sure Thanks Jeff man I feel the same way yeah. I was telling you earlier I felt nervous about coming on the show a little bit but just being on here with you dude I just feel like homies and like Yeah yeah, very welcome and honored yeah. to be on the show. Awesome. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. All right. Well, um, everybody, go follow Vinny. Uh, like I said, links are in the description to the, his respective places. Come up here and then also his personal stuff. So go follow him and you can watch those Midnight Oil live streams as well. Um, that is our show. Have a blessed Monday. We got a couple of new guests this week. Vinny is one of them. Uh, but tomorrow we've got, she's an emerging prophetic voice. Her name is Rama Trainer, um, And I've been following her stuff. We got recommended her by Carissa. A lot of you guys know who Carissa is. She's in the, the comments and uh, she hasn't let me down before with a recommendation. I checked her out. So I'm really stoked uh, to introduce you guys to her. Uh, it's going to be a great show and that's going to be at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So don't miss that. Also, there's a donation link at the end, ElijahFire.com slash donate. All donations go towards keeping this thing free at five days a week. And then every single donation, we take a portion of that and we funnel it into our efforts with water wells in Uganda and Nepal and Ethiopia. Very exciting. Uh, we're doing a lot, transforming these communities, a new freshwater well every, every three days. And that's because of your guys' donations. So God bless you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow with Rayma Trainer at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. God bless. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.